We're starting here by quoting a Pasuk in the Megillah that the messages, which we discussed in a previous week, the messages that Esther sent to Mordechai, they went through Hasoch. And in the Gemara Megillah says, Vatikra Esther la Hasoch, Omarav Hasoch Zedoniel, this is Doniel, is called Hasoch. And why is he called Hasoch? Shechotchu Migdulose, they chopped him from his greatness because Doniel was the leading person under King Nebuchadnezzar, Belshazzar, Der Yavosh, and now he was chopped from his greatness. Shmuel says he's called Hasach because which means that all royal matters went through him, which means that Shmuel holds that Doniel was still in power in the days of Achashverosh. This is connected to Arashi in Sefer Doniel, where it says that Doniel was in power till the first year of King Kodesh, and that's either the first Kodesh who was before Achashverosh, and therefore in the time of Achashverosh he was already chopped from his greatness, or it's the second Kodesh who is also known as Dar Yavash or Arsach Shasta, a son of Achashverosh, and that is the opinion of Shmuel that Doniel was still in power in the time of the Megillah. Then we say that Esther sends Hasach and she wants to find out Mordechai has gone with sackcloth. Mordechai has gone with ripped clothing. Ladas mazev al mazev. To know what is this and what is this for? What's the Russian mazev al mazev? Omar Rabbi Yitzchak, Sholchaloi. Esther sends a message to Mordechai. Shema ovru Yisrael al chamisha chum Perhaps the Yidden have transgressed on the five chamashim. The ksiv bohen that about the five chamashim it says. They are written on both sides of the Luchas. So is going on the Luchas, and maybe the Yidden have transgressed on the basics of Torah, and that is why we have the terrible decree. Which actually it's mentioned elsewhere in Gemara that was because they benefited from the Seuda of Achashverosh, and because they bowed down to a Tselem in the days of Nebuchadnezzar, we go on and they told Mordechai the words of Esther. Hasach is delivering messages back and forth, and suddenly Hasach stops delivering messages. He did not go to tell Mordechai the message. From here we learn we don't become a message for something negative. In other words, when the messages were between Esther and Mordechai, going to save the Jewish people, Hasach wants to be involved. When Esther says that she refuses to go to Hashverish because she's afraid for her life, Hasach, who's O'Neill, says this message, he's not going to give over, let her find somebody else. Then Esther, when she does agree to go, she says, Leich kenois es kol hayehudim, go and gather all the Jewish people and have them fast for three days, night and day, and my girls and I will also fast, and I will go to the king, Shaloi Kados, against the law. Now, literally, the way we learn the Megillah, Shaloi Kados, is that it was against the law because anybody who went to the king, anybody who comes to the king without permission, Achas Dosin is a death penalty. And that's why it's against the law. It's against the law for anybody, even the queen, to go to the king, not, not called for. 
But over here, the Gemara says, It was against halacha for a Jewish woman to go voluntarily to a goy. Until now, when Esther went to Hashvedesh, it was Ba'inis, she was forced. But now she's going willingly. And based on this Gemara, Rashi brings it in the Megillah that Esther was married to Mordechai. And even though Esther was married to Mordechai, by the way, we learned that of Rashi brings in the Gemara brings Lebais that Mordechai and Esther were married to each other. So till now, Esther went to she was forced. So because Mordechai is not a Kayin, she's still permissible to be with Mordechai. As we learned that at the same time that Esther was living with Achashvede, she was going to the Mikveh and having relations with Mordechai. But Achshav, now that she went voluntarily to the king, her marriage with Mordechai is finished. The Achshav Berotzain, and now I'm going voluntarily. And therefore, my ma- I'm losing a marriage to the Tzadik of the generation. And as I have lost, I have lost, which is just as I lost the house of my father. Both my parents died at birth. My father died even before birth. My mother died at birth. Esther was an orphan, very young. So I will also be lost from you. Just to mention on this idea of Esther being an orphan very young. I didn't copy it now, but there is a medrash on So literally it means that he looked after Esther as a little girl and later as she got older, he married her. But the med, there's a medrash also that brings that one time Mordechai would get different women to nurse Esther, but one time he couldn't get somebody. So Hashem made a special miracle that Mordechai himself had milk to give Esther. And then later Esther grew up and he married her. Vayavir Mordechai. We have Vayavir Mordechai. And Mordechai transgressed. What did he transgress? Amarav Shehevir Yaimrishain shall Pesach Betainis. Mordechai agreed. Esther suggested they make a three-day fast. This three-day fast was on Yudgimel, Yudalat Tesvav Nisim, or there's another opinion, Yudalat Tesvav Tezayin. But at least according to this Gemara, it's Yud Gimel, Yud Tesvav, and Shehevir Yimrishin shall Pesach Petainis. They fasted on the first day of Pesach, and that's a transgression. O Shmuel Amar de Avar Kuvadamaya. Mordechai transgressed by, Mordechai traveled, not transgressed, but he crossed a body of water, and Rashi says the purpose was to gather the Jews in Shushan, there's some sort of a body of water splitting the city, and Mordechai crossed this body of water to gather the Jews on the other side of Shushan. Now we have Vayehi by Yoim Hashlishi on the third day after the Yidin fasted three days, Esther and her girls fasted three days, Vatilbash Esther Malchus. Esther put on Malchus. It should say Bigde Malchus Miboyele. It should say she put on royal garments. Why does it say Vatilbash Esther Malchus? Big day Malchus me boyle. Esther at that point got Ruach HaKadosh. She became a Neviah. Esther is one of it says that the Gemara in Megillah brings that there are 48 Neviim, male Neviim, and seven Neviyas. There's thousands, tens of thousands of Neviim. 
but there's 48 male Nevi'im and seven female Nevi'is who had a Nevi'is, who had prophecy that had a message for all generations. And Esther is one of the Nevi'is, one of the seven Nevi'is. When did Esther receive Ruach HaKadosh? On this occasion, when she decided to be Meiser Nefesh, to risk her life, her marriage, give up her marriage, risk her life to save the Jewish people. At that moment, she got through a chakayda, she became a neviyah. It says here about tilvash, it says with Sapasik, we say in Vyitin Lecha, every Maitse Shabbos, Veruach Lovsha es Amosai Reish Hashalishim. Amosai, this Amosai is actually a nephew of David HaMelech. David has two sisters, Sruya uh, and Avigail. And Amosa is a son of David's sister Avigail. And Amosa had been on Shaul's side. He had been one of Shaul's leading military officers. And after the death of Shaul, initially Amosai sided with Ishbaishas. But then when Amosai decided that David was more suitable, Amosai, with a whole group of people, joined up with David. And that we actually say this Pasuk every might say Shabbos, Veruach love shoes Amosai Reish Hashalishim, and he says, David We say it every might say Shabbos, we give blessings to each other. In any case, over there, Ruach love shoes Amosai is talking about that Amosai had Ruach HaKadosh, something that we've mentioned previously, and I'm just going to mention again. That this Amosai, who's David's nephew, his father is a very interesting personality. The father of this Amosai is yes, is sometimes called Yeser Hayisraeli, Yeser the Jew, and sometimes he is called Yeser Hayishmaeli. And we find two very interesting stories about him. One is that he was from Arab lineage, he was a Yishmaeli, and one time he heard a Shi'ur that Yishai, the father of David, was saying, turn to me and be saved, any human being anywhere on earth. And this uh, Yeser HaYishma'eli was inspired, and he decided to connect Hashem, and he was eventually Megayer, and he became a great uh, Talmud Chacham. He eventually married Yishai's daughter. Then at some point later, there was a discussion in the Beis HaMedrish about David's lineage. When David killed Goliath, and, uh, or Shaul was concerned about if David, about David, if he is the person who's going to take the kingdom from him, and he asked Avner to find out about David's lineage, and at that point, Avner says, why are you asking about his lineage? He's from Murus HaMoyavia, he's not kosher, lovely because, so they said, but Avner says that Alpidin, the prohibition of Amin and Moyav is only on the men and not on the women. So at that point, this Yeser Hayishraeli, Hayishmaeli, Amosai's father, he took out a weapon in the base Medrash and he said that I heard from Shmuel Hanavi before I married Yishai's daughter. I asked Shmuel Hanavi, and Shmuel Hanavi said that it's permissible, and anybody who's going to disagree is going to be, I'm going to kill him on the spot. So everybody was afraid, and the halacha was settled that David is kosher. And the Gemara, the Taisus over there asks, so how can he be believed? So just because somebody uses a weapon, what does it prove? 
And the Gemara over there says in Yevamis that because it's a Milsa David and Legui, he says, I ask Shmuel Hanavi, Shmuel Hanavi still alive, before you disqualify David. And again, I must, um, yes, that is so concerned about disqualifying David because that will disqualify him as well. The Yamar of Elazar, Amar Abichanina, La'oilam alti birchas hediyat kalabeinecha. Don't take a blessing of a simple person lightly. We find two of the greatest Jews ever were blessed by very simple people, and yet and the blessings were fulfilled. So if somebody blesses you, whatever it is, you never know whose blessing will be fulfilled. Who are the two people who were blessed by very simple people? David and Doniel, David the Barche Aravna. David was blessed by Aravna. This is after David counted the Jews and there was a terrible plague and many people died. And David was told that he should buy the silo of Aravna Hayavusi and make some ketoides. And the David comes to Aravna to buy the silo. Aravna wants to give it for free. David says he wants to pay for it. And Aravna charged a fair price. This Aravna later was Megayer. He was a Yevusi, but he was eventually Megayer. So it says over there, Hashem should accept you. And Aravna's blessing was fulfilled because when David made the ketoides on the Mizbeach that he built on the portion that he bought from Aravna, the Magay for the plague stopped straight away. Mitzvah's David brings Aravna HaMelech was a Melech al-Yevus, actually Kofsha David. He was a king over the Yevusim. And after he captured, after um, the, he, he was captured, Yavus was captured, he became a Jew. But even though he didn't remain the Melech of Yavus because the Jews captured Yavus, nevertheless, he remained with the title Melech. He still called Aravno HaMelech, and he gave David an amazing bracha that Hashem should forgive him for the counting the Yidin and the plague should stop. And Aravna, who was a guy at the time, he gave the blessing. Eventually, he became a ger, and his blessing was fulfilled. Aravna wasn't necessarily the greatest tzaddik, the greatest Talmud Chacham, but he was a good person. And he gave an a inspiring bracha to Yitzchah, says Mitzudis, Hashem should accept you. Hashem should accept the karbonis that you're bringing on this Mizbeah, that the karbonis should be accepted that the plague that came from David counting the Yidden should be, should end. Doniel was also blessed by a simple person, the Barche Daryavash. He was blessed by King Daryavash. This is the Daryavash who threw Doniel into the lions then at some point, And he says, Daryavash says to him, when he put him in, the, actually Daryavash put Doniel in the lions then because he was caught davening when there was a decree made which the ministers convinced our Yavash to make against Daniel that nobody should ask anything from the king for 30 from anybody but the king for 30 days and Daniel was caught davening and they warned him and then he was caught davening again he would know every day daven by the window and our Yavash has no choice but to put him in by the lions but before our Yavash put Daniel in the lions in the lions then he gave him a bracha our Yavash himself who put Daniel in the lion's den was hoping that Daniel would come out alive. There's a passage that says, 
the God who you bow regularly, who he should save you. So again, Duryavash is not a great person, but still he gave Doniel a blessing that he should be saved from the lions and the blessing was fulfilled. Don't take the curse of a simple person lightly. Avimelech cursed Sada. This is when Sada, when Sada and Avi Avraham came to Eretz Plishtim, and instead of identifying that Sada is Avraham's wife, they said, she's my sister. And Avimelech says, which literally it means that he gave gifts and this should cover up. Avimelech never touched Sada to show that he was forced to give her back. But your eyes should be covered from it, which means you should lose your eyesight. Sada herself did not lose her eyesight, but she had one son, Yitzchak, <clears throat> and this curse of Avimelech was fulfilled in her son Yitzchak. As it says, when Yitzchak was old, his eyes became dim, he lost his eyesight. And this came from the curse of Avimelech. Avimelech wasn't the greatest of people. He was a low life. And yet his curse had an effect. The Marsha brings an interesting thing. Why did Avimelech, I mean, Avram and Sada both said it. Why did he curse Sada and not Avram? So the Marsha says, he cursed Sada as Avram like him. He didn't curse Avram because Avram was afraid for his life. So I understand why he said, he said it, but Sada, why did she have to do that? Okay, we're now moving from the to, from the Gemara to a Medrash Rabbah and Esther Rabbah, Medrash Rabbah and Megillus Esther, where Mordechai tells Esther, if you will be silent at this time, Hashem will find another source to save the Jewish people, and you and your family will perish. This is a Pasuk in Esther. So he says, so the Medrash brings that Mordechai is saying to Esther, Im if you will be silent now, you have an option to go to Achashvedish. But if you choose to be silent, that you're not going to speak good for your nation, you're not going to defend your nation. In the future, one day you'll be silenced. Right now, you could speak on behalf of the Jewish people if you choose not to. In the future, you'll be silenced. You'll be unable to speak. When you will come to the day of judgment one day, you will have nothing to say. Well, they won't want to hear from you. Why won't they want to hear from you, Lama? You were able to do a good deed, and you didn't do it. So because you had an opportunity to do a good deed and you didn't, you will lose everything. In the future, you'll have nothing to say. And what do you think? What do you think? The Jewish people are, Hashem will find an answer. Don't worry, you think without you, Hashem can't save the Jewish people? With you, without you, Hashem loves the Jewish people. Hashem is going to save the Jewish people regardless. But you will be permanently lost because you had an opportunity to help the Jewish people and you didn't help them. This is the meaning of the Pasuk. Which is that saving 
Savior, the Jews will be saved from elsewhere. Hashem will find another solution to save the Jewish people, and Esther and her family will perish because Esther that chose not to take part. So now we have a Toymer Esther and Lahoshev al Mordechai. Esther sends a message to go back to Mordechai, and she says, Leich Knois, Leich Knois, says, Kalayudim, Hanimseim, Bishushan, gather all the Jewish people who are found in Shushan, Vitsumu Olai, and fast for me. Val Techlu, Val Tishtu, Shloishes Yomim, do not eat and drink for three days. So Esther suggests this three-day fast. Which were the three-day fast? Eiluhein, which were they? They were Yudgimel, Yudalid, Vitesvav, Benissim. 13, 14, and 15th of Nisan. This is what Esther suggests. We're going to fast three days right now. Sholach, so Mordechai sends back a message. How can you suggest a three-day fast? Bahari Bahem, The one of the three days is Pesach. We got a Seder to make. We got to eat matzah, moror, whatever we got all the whole, we got the whole Pesach Seder to do drink four cups of wine how can you make a three day fast night and day over Pesach it's Yom Rishon Shal Pesach so she answers him back elders of Yidin who needs Pesach if there's no Yidin there's no purpose to Pesach Mordechai listened Mordechai agreed with her. It's a very controversial issue. Should we cancel Pesach to make a fast day to get Yidin to do Teshuvah? And Esther says, yes, the three-day fast will inspire and motivate the Yidin <coughs> to do Teshuvah. And in the end, Mordechai agrees. This is the meaning of the Pesach that says, and Mordechai transgressed by abolishing Pesach. And Mordechai did everything that Esther commanded, including canceling the first day of Pesach. Tamon Amrin, they say in Eretz On that year, Mordechai made a fast day on the first day of Pesach. And for this trouble, by Yispalo Mordechai El Hashem and Mordechai is davening to Hashem, forgive me for canceling the Seder. Forgive me for canceling the first day of Pesach. By Yomer and Mordechai says to Hashem, Go It is revealed and known before you, the master of the world. It's not because I'm a haughty person. I'm such an arrogant person that I've abolished Pesach. Because I think I see everything correct. No, that's not why I did it. And also, not just why I abolished Pesach, why I didn't bow to Haman. There were those who claimed that the whole problem was caused by Mordechai. If Mordechai would have been a bit more humble and would have chosen to bow to Haman, the whole decree could have been avoided. So Hashem, you know it wasn't from arrogance that I refused to bow. I did this because I feared you because of my fear of Hashem that I refused to bow. I was afraid from you. I didn't want to give your honor to a human being. I didn't want to bow to anybody but Hashem. Who am I? 
what? I wouldn't bow to Haman to save the Jewish people. You think I'm so arrogant? For sure I would have. I don't have an issue bowing to Haman. I would lick his shoes to save the Jewish people. But I felt that because of Hashem, I have to make a stand. And, and I did this for L'shem Shemayim. And now our God, please save me from his hand, from Haman's hand. And let Haman fall in the ditch that he dug. And let him be captured in the trap that he dug and he hid for the feet of your chassid. This margis, this person who was angering Hashem, angering the Jewish people, may this margis know that Hashem has not forgotten what he promised us. Hashem made a promise. Even when the Jews are in enemy land, I have not despised them to destroy them, to break my covenant with them, because I am Hashem their God. In other words, even in the worst times, Yidin are in the enemy control, Hashem does not forsake the Jewish people. So you show Haman that you fulfill this puzzle. Ma'asa Mordechai, what did Mordechai do at that time? He gathered children. And he persecuted them. He afflicted them. He caused them to fast, not persecute. But he caused the Jewish children to fast. He tells them fast, don't eat bread and water. He puts sackcloth on these 22,000 Jewish children. And put them in ashes. They were crying, screaming, crying, and being involved in Torah. Esther was very frightened from the bad that came to the Eden. She took off her royal garments, her beautiful things, and she put on sackcloth, and she uncovered. She messed up the hair of her head, filled her head with ashes and earth, and she afflicted herself by fasting. Esther fell on her face. And Esther davened. And now we have the tefillah of Esther. And Esther says, Hashem, the God of Israel, that you rule me, make heaven from way back. You created the whole world. Please help your maid. I am an orphan. I have no of aim. I have no father. I have no mother. I'm like a poor beggar who begs from house to house. So I beg your mercy from the one window to the other in the house of Akashvedic. I beg your mercy. And now, Hashem, please save this poor Jewish girl and save your son, Marisecha, the sheep of your pasture, from these enemies that have gotten up against us. Because for you, Hashem, there's no difference to you to save many or few. And you are the father of orphans. So please stand up for this orphan girl. Esther is an orphan girl. Her parents died at her birth. That, that this orphan girl who has trust in your kindness. Have me find mercy before this man. Because I am frightened of this guy. This guy, my so-called husband, very dangerous guy. He's got big temper. Please lower him, humble him. He's an arrogant guy. 
Hashem humbles the arrogant people. And we go on. Esther. Esther puts on the royal garments. Big day, Yofia and Adi Tefarta going to the king. She puts on the beautiful garments. She took two servant girls with her. And Esther feels very weak from fasting. She puts her right hand leaning on one girl. She leaned on her according to the royal law. And the second girl is walking right behind her. And she's leaning on her. So make, she, the second girl is making sure that the gold that she's wearing should not touch the ground. And Esther tries to remove the fear in her heart because she's frightened stiff. And she comes to the Chatzarapnimis, the inner courtyard right before the king, and she stands before him. The king is sitting on the royal throne with gold and garments and diamonds. And he lifts his eyes and he sees Esther right opposite him. The first reaction of the king is his anger started burning in him. How dare this queen of his come without permission? She broke his rules. He has a rule that no one is allowed to come to the king not called for. She came to him without being called. What a chutzpah. But, and Esther lifts her eyes and she looks at the face of the king. Looking at his eyes, his eyes are burning. From the great anger. And we'll give one look at the king and the end is clear. This guy is burning on her. He has the power. The rule is she has to be killed. She recognized. She knew this. She saw his anger is at its worst. She got very shocked, very frightened. Her spirit was down. And he, she put her head on the girl who's holding her right hand because she thinks just looking at this guy, it looks like it's all over. Just at that moment when Esther thinks it's all over, our God sees, he has mercy on his nation. And he turns to the Tsar Hayesayma, this orphan girl that has faith in him. And just at that moment, Achashvedesh is burning angry. And suddenly, Hashem gave her favor for the king. And he added beauty on her beauty. And the king gets up in shock. The king switches, a sudden switch from the worst anger till he gets up. He gets up in excitement from his throne. He suddenly runs to Esther and he hugs her and he kisses her. He puts his arm on her neck and he says, Esther, Queen Esther, why are you afraid? You look frightened. What are you frightened? I love you so much. Why are you frightened? You look like a crazy... Yes? Rabbi Gordon, can't see you. You can't see me? Yeah, just... Uh, I'm yeah, sorry. You should always yeah, tell me. Sorry, we can see you just half the head, not the full face. Now oh. is it better? Yeah, oh, that's better. Thank okay, you. thank you. Always tell me if you can't see. I don't see yeah. my picture now, so I don't know what you can and can't see. Yeah, I can Okay, yes. but please always tell yeah, me. Yeah, I guess thank you know, you. thanks. Okay. Thank you, thank you. So again, he added, so the king was a total maniac, and suddenly the king says, what are you so frightened? 
Why are you afraid? You look afraid. He says, The rules we have have nothing to do with you. These rules are not for you. You are my wife. You are my best friend. These rules, sure there's rules that anybody who comes without permission is to be killed. But it was not meant for you. By And he says to her, I saw you and you didn't say anything. You looked frightened. Why do you look frightened? Why did I look frightened? You look, I saw your anger. I know your anger. Look, you were full of murder. Why are you so angry? But so Esther, 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 Esther says, my master of the king. I got frightened from your glory. The king says to her, what do you need, Esther? What do you request? And Esther says, if the king agrees, may the king and Haman come today, which I just want to mention that these words, my father would always mention that these words are the king and Haman should come today this is a big that the king accepted this. The king and Haman should come today on a Mishnah to the party I'm making. And by Yoimer Hamelech, and the king says, Maru es Haman, hurry Haman and tell him that Esther is inviting us for a party. By Yovay Hamelech, Haman, and Amishnah Shanosis on Esther, the king comes with Haman to Esther's party. And by Yates, and Haman had been at the first party, and he's on top of the world. And we're reading on in the Megillah by Yitzhay Hamon, by Yoim Hahu, Sameach Vitoiv Leiv. Hamon goes out on that day. He's all happy. His heart is joyous. Everything is going wonderful. The, even the queen invites him to a party together with the king. Vichir Hais. Hamon es Mordechai Bishar Hamelech. When Hamon sees Mordechai in the gate of the king, Mordechai doesn't stand up. He doesn't even tremble. Mordechai shows no fear. Haman becomes filled with anger. Haman controls himself. He doesn't do anything on that moment. He comes home. And he brings his friends together. He brings his wife, Zeresh. And he needs advice. How am I going to deal with this? I need advice. I'm on top of the world, and there's this one guy, Mordechai, who refuses to bow, and he doesn't even tremble. Over Kulam, and of all of them, he had all these amazing advisors. His top advisor was his wife, Zeresh. He had 365 advisors, like the number of days in a solar year, he had many advisors, but the top advisor is his wife, Zeresh. His wife says to him, This man you're asking, if he is from the seed of the Yehudim, you will not overpower him. You got to have some wise way. You want to overpower him, he's from the Yehudim which no one ever tried 
to destroy a Jew. Because so many anti-Semites have tried to destroy Jews and they seem to always get saved. What are you going to do? Throw them in a furnace? We've tried it already. Three Hananya Mishal of Azaria were thrown into a furnace by King Nebuchadnezzar and they came out alive. So throwing in the furnace is not the best way to destroy a Jew. You want to throw them in a lion's den? They tried that on Daniel. King Daryavash threw Daniel in a lion's den. Daniel got out. Put him in prison. Yosef was 12 years in prison. He got out and became a prime minister. What if you put him in a pot and cook him in a pot? That sounds like a good idea. Put him in a pot of water and boil the water and let him boil to death. So we tried that on King Menashe. King Menashe was a very sinful king who had served idols for 22 years. And then he was captured by the Babylonians. And they put him in a pot and they started cooking the pot. And he was about to die being cooked to death. And King Menashe starts davening. He had served. King Menashe was the worst of all the Jewish kings. He was a son of Chizkiyo, but he was a terrible guy. Both in idol worship and in murder, he would kill up to a thousand people a day. King Menashe Davin to all the various idols, and obviously he didn't get any feedback. And then he Davins to Hashem, and he says in front of the Babylonians, and he says, Hashem, if you don't help me now, you're no better than all these Avedis artists. And just at that moment, Hashem makes an amazing miracle, and a tornado wind comes and blows Menashe out of the pot. And with tornado airlines, he comes straight from Bovel to Yerushalayim and gets dropped off tornado airlines straight to Yerushalayim from the bubbling pot, picked up by a tornado, straight to Yerushalayim. So Kfar Hizchanin Menashe, Menashe had daven Tashem Hashem listened to him. He got out of a boiling pot. So to boil a Jew to death isn't going to work. Maybe we dumped them in a desert somewhere. If you exile them to a desert, we tried that. We had the Jews 40 years in a desert. The Jews were in the desert. They did well. So it looks like nothing works with them. So they had many tests. They withstood all of them. Maybe we should blind him. If you're going to blind him. Shimshon killed many Plishtim. Kad Aver, when they blinded him, he still killed many, many Plishtim. So what is a solution? How could we kill a Jew in a way that no one ever tried to kill a Jew? So Zeresh, this brilliant wife of Haman, more brilliant than the 365 advisors, advises Tzloif Yosei Altsliva, crucify him, hang him up on a piece of wood. We never found the Jew get saved from that. Miyad immediately. Haman says, oh, that's a wonderful idea. Wife, Zeresh, you're absolutely brilliant. We're going to crucify him. We're going to put him on a tree, hang him up. Now the next question is, what kind of wood should we use? Haman comes to prepare the wood. So Hashem calls all the Atzei and he says, who would like to volunteer that this wicked guy should be hung on the tree? 
So the fig says, I volunteer because the Jewish people bring Bikudim from figs. The Jewish people are compared to figs. The Geffen volunteers, the grapevine says, I volunteer because Jews are compared to Geffen. We have a Pasuk, Geffen, Mimitzrayim, Tasia, the Rimoin, the pomegranate volunteers. He says there's a Pasuk that Yidin are compared to pomegranate, Kepela, Chorimoin, Rakose, that the empty Jews have mitzvahs like Rimoin. The ego is the nut, says, I'm going to volunteer because Yidin are compared to a nut. You have a Pasuk, Gines, Egos, Yoradati. The Yesreg says, I'm going to volunteer because you didn't use me for a special mitzvah and sukkahs. The Hadas says, I volunteer because you didn't are compared to a Hadas. There's a Pasuk in Zechariah, the Zayas, the Aleph says, I volunteer. We have a Pasuk that you didn't are compared to Aleph. Zayas, Ranon, Yefei, Pritayar. The Tapuach, the Apple says, I volunteer. Jews are compared to an Apple. Ke Tapuach, Batzayar, Kindoidi. Another Pasuk, Vereyach, Hapech, Katapuchim. The Deco, the palm tree says, I volunteer because you do not compare it to a palm tree. Dumb song is summer. We say this in Hishinus. The Atse Shitim and Atse Braishim, the Shitim are Shita wood, which the Mishkan was built from. We volunteer because the Mishkan and the Beis Hamikdash was built. The Edas, the cedar tree, and the Tomar, the palm, say we volunteer because the Tzaddik is compared to us. Tzaddik Katomar Yifroch, Keres Balvon and Yiskesh. So you see the Tzaddik compared to the Tomar, to the palm tree to the Edis, to the cedar tree. The Arava says, the Willow says, I volunteer. Jews are compared to me. We have a Pasuk in Yeshayah, and I'm used for the Dalad Minim. The thorn at that time, the thorn bush comes to Hashem and says, Master of the world, I don't have any Yichas. Are Jews compared to a thorn? No. Are there Pesukim about thorns? No. I don't have any yichas. Nevertheless, I volunteer. I volunteer that this impure person be hung on a thorn. My name is Kites, which is thorn. In general, thorns are painful. If you get hit by a thorn bush, it gets quite painful. And Homan is a, is a thorn. Homan is a thorn. He should be hung on a thorn. In the end, they took a thorn bush. In the end, it was a thorn bush. And when they brought it, to, they brought this thorn bush, which Homan decided to use, and they put it, prepared it on Pesach Beisai. He measures himself because he knows Mordechai is similar to him. Haman goes up to the thorn bush and he shows him exactly which part of the thorn bush to put Mordechai's head. Hashivayo Basko, so a heavenly voice says, No, you're right. This tree matches you perfectly. From the time of creation, this, this is a big thorn bush. Very unusual that you should find a thorn bush 50 amis high. Thorn bushes are not that big. But this tree has been specially designated for you from Sheishas Yimei Breishas. The Rabbanon say, Minayin lahoman minatayda. Where is the source of Homan from the Toyota? It says, by, by the Eitz Hadas, it says that Hashem asks Adam, 
Hamin ha'etz, did you eat from the tree that you were told not to eat from? So Hamin ha'etz, Donish lay homon ha'etz. The word Hamin is homon. Another explanation, it says, we say that Yidin are never in trouble more than three days. By Avram, it says, Avram on the way to the Akedah, he was searching for where he's going, and he's going wandering, and the third day Hashem lifts his eye, Avram lifts his eyes, by Yaris So Avram has to wander for three days, but on the third day, he sees the place of the Akedah. The Shmatim, it says, When the Shmatim, when they came to Mitzrayim, they were in prison for three days, and after three days, they were let out of prison. So we see that generally, Tzadikim, the suffering of Yidin is not usually over three days. Avram Avinu towards the Akedah, three days. When Yosef puts the Shvatim in prison, three days. Yoyna was swallowed by a whale, by first a male whale and then a female whale. So it says over there, by Yehi, Yoyna had dog. He was in the womb of the male whale. Shloisha Yomim, Shloisha Leilis, three days and three nights. And also we see that the Mesim, Trias HaMesim, is at the end of three days. We have a Pasuk by Mashlisha, Yekimeno Venichi Elefonov. So this wood also came after fasting three days. And that's the Pasuk by Yehibayim Mashlishi, Atil Bashaster Malchus. She sends and calls Haman to the Suda with the king on the 15th of Nisan. They ate and drink. So Haman says, Hamelech Megadeloi. See, the king makes me big. Vishtoi Mechabedes. I see, his wife honors me. Vain Bechola Malchus Godol me many. There's no one greater than me in the whole kingdom. Vesomach beliboy ma'id. Homon was very happy. Wow, I'm on top of the world. Hadod exiv. Vayetzei homon, vayoyim ha'hu. And homon went out on that day. Someach v'toiv leiv, joyous. Homon was in a wonderful mood after the first party, after he made that amazing gallows of thorn. Vayoyim er homon, and homon tells Zeresh and all his friends how great he is. He says, Queen Esther didn't invite anybody else with Ahasuerus, only me. And the th- sentence starts with the word af. We have There are four in Tanakh who started a statement with the word af. And they are the Nochosh, the snake, by the Eitz Hadas, the Sarhoifim, the baker, with Yosef, with the baker and the butler. Adas Kairach Kairach's group and Homon. Each one of those people started their, or snake is not a person, but they all started their conversation with the word Af. The Nachosh, because it says, Af ki Amar Elikim. The Sarhaifim, he says, Af, and the Nachosh, the snake says, Is it true that Hashem said, Don't eat from any of the trees? And he started with the word Af. The Sarhaifim, the baker says, Af Aniba Chaloimi, I also in my dream. And he ends up getting hung. The Adas Kairach, it says, Afloy Aleret. You didn't bring us to a land flowing milk and honey. Homon, it says, Afloy Hevia Esther Amalka. So we see that all these people started with Af and they all got into big trouble. La'achar after he made this tree, he went to Mordechai and he finds he's sitting in the base medrash and all the children are sitting there with sackcloth and they're all involved in Torah and they're screaming and crying. And he counts them, and there's 22,000 of them, and he puts on them chains of metal, and he appoints on them guards, and he says, 
Tomorrow I'm going to kill these children and then I'm going to hang up Mordechai. The mothers were bringing bread and water and they were saying, sons, eat and drink before you die tomorrow. Don't die hungry. The children put their hands on their books and they swore by the life of Mordechai, Mordechai Rabbeinu, and they said, we will not eat, we will not drink. We will die fasting. They were all crying until their cries went up to Hashem at two, at two o'clock in the morning. And at that moment, it was 2 a.m. and the kids are all crying. At that moment, Hashem has mercy and he gets up from the throne of uh, judgment and he sits on the throne of mercy. And he says, what is this sound that I hear like goats and sheep? And Moshe Rabbeinu says, it's not goats, it's not sheep. These are little kids. They're fasting three days and three nights. And tomorrow the enemy wants to shech them like goats and sheep. At that time, Hashem took these letters, which were all sealed, and ripped them. And he made a Hashverish suddenly couldn't sleep. And that's what we have. On that night, the king was unable to sleep. And now we have King sees Queen Esther. Rabbi Yochanan says, we're three malachim at that time. Esther's neck is extended. One that he extends a chut shel chesed, kindness, and one that he extended the stick. How much did he extend Esther's neck or the stick? So there's two or three, a few opinions. Rabbi Yirmiya says two amis. From two amis, it went to 12 amis, the stick. Some say 16 amos, some say 24 amos. We have a b'raisa that says 60. This idea of suddenly something being extended, you find the same with the hand of Bas Paroi, when she stretched out her hand to get Meish Rabbeinu. We also find the hand being extended, and the same you find with the teeth of the wicked. This is referring to Oig Melech Haboshan, when he picked up a mountain to throw at the Jewish people. His tooth got extended and into the mountain, as it says, Shini Rishoyim Shibarto, the tooth of the wicked you broke, and Rishlokir says, don't read it, Shibarto, but Sherivavto. And Rabbi Baroifrin brings Mosayim 200 Amos, it became bigger, the stick. By Yemer Lohamelech, the king says, Ma Lomaba Koshaseh, what do you want? By Yemer Lohamelech, Lester Amalka, the king says to Queen Esther, what do you want? Ad Chatsi Amalchus Viseos, anything up to half the kingdom. I'll give you half the kingdom, but not the whole kingdom, not the thing right in the middle of my kingdom. And that is the base Hamikdash. The king knows that Esther is friendly with Mordechai, even though she did, he didn't know she was Jewish. But Esther had told him to appoint Mordechai as an officer, and Esther reported Bixen and Sedish Bashem Mordechai. So he knew there was some connection to Mordechai. He knew Mordechai is lobbying for the base Hamikdash. The king says, You can ask whatever you want, but don't ask for the base Hamikdash which this connects to uh, the very first Pasuk in the Megillah, Rashi brings, the Gemara brings, He was wicked from the beginning to end. That Achashverosh was wicked the whole way, and he never stopped and gave up his wickedness in any way. Then we have, we're just going to do a little bit more, Yavah HaMelech V'Homon HaMishnah, King and Haman should come to the party. So the Gemara says, why did Esther invite Haman? Rebbe Lozer says she wanted to set him a trap, that he should be right there. This meal will become a trap. Rebbe Yeshua says she learned from her father's family. As it says, a Pasuk, your enemy is hungry. Give him some bread. So she thought, he's my enemy. Let me give him a good meal. Rebbe Meir says that he should uh, feel secure. He shouldn't plan a rebellion. Rabbi Yehuda says 
he wanted, they shouldn't recognize she's Jewish. In fact, she's inviting Haman. She couldn't be pro-Jewish. And Abn Nehemiah says it was that the Jewish people should daven Tashem. The Jewish people shouldn't say, oh, we have a sister in the palace and they will put their mind away from asking Hashem for mercy. The Jewish people will say, Oi, how could we trust Esther? She invited Haman and they'll daven Tashem. And Abu Yaisi says she wants Haman right next to her, that if there's a good opportunity, she'll have him killed on the spot, which is what happened. And Abshimim says, maybe Hashem will see how desperate I am that I'm inviting Haman and he'll make a, a, a miracle for us. Rabbi Shub and Karcha says, I will smile to him. The king will think that I have a relationship with Haman and he'll kill me and Haman and meanwhile save the Jewish people. Rabban Gamliel says, He was a king who would change his mind very quickly. So we need that if we can get him angry at Haman for a moment, we got to have Haman right there to kill him on the spot. Rabban Gamliel says, We still need Mudoi, who says, She wants that the king gets jealous. There was two motives. Number one, the king will get jealous that maybe he has a relationship with Esther. Number two, the other officers will be jealous that Esther is inviting Haman. Rabbo says, Lifnei shever going. Before you crush a person, lift him up. Abai and Rabbo say, Bechumam, when they're all heated up, I will make their party, which Rashi brings. That refers to Belshazzar, who came back from a war, which Kaidish and their Yavash were making a siege on Babel, and Belshazzar won the war, and they were all tired and heated up from the war, and they were drinking. And on that night, when he was drunk, all heated up, in a party, he got killed. So Esther says, you see that the best way to kill a Russia is a party. If you get him a little bit drunk, it's a good idea to kill him. He says over here, Rabba Baravu finds Eliyahu Anavi and says, what was the real reason? So he says, all these Tanoim and Amiroim, every one of them was right. Esther had all these motives involved. Okay, we'll leave it at this for this week. I wish everybody Hatzlacha.